I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm talking to a success story with Tara. Tara has, she, she, she reached out to me because she'd had a lot of success in the last couple of months. She's lost 12 pounds. And, you know, I know a lot of people hear that and they think, wow, that's amazing. And she sounds like an overnight success. And that's the sort of results you get from dieting. She did not diet, but, uh, but also she's not an overnight success. We talk about this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, she's been troubleshooting, you know, her health and her, her weight on and off for, 10 years or more. And it just all finally clicked into place and started really, really working for her in January. And her, the secret to her success is just some pretty simple, but diligent meal planning. And she's a very busy woman and she just has a system that works for her perfectly. And it's really cool. And she seems really happy (laughs) with her, her results. And it all sounds like some, it's at all. I love one of the things I love about it is it sounds super doable. I think if you know, especially for busy people, her system just sounds like something you can just try on and do and give it a try. So give it a listen. She has a lot of great advice, and and she we really go into sort of the the small details, like when she grocery shops, how she deals with her lactose intolerance, uh, how she deals with her like totally erratic schedule that where she's dealing with a lot of travel and international, her international team and, and all of that. So there's a lot of wisdom in here and I really hope you enjoy it. Also, if you would like to be a guest on the show, I could use some new guests, uh, whether you want to be coached on the show or you want to share your success like Tara, I'd love to hear from you. Go to summertomato.com slash podcast, and there's a little form you can fill out, and we will be in contact with you. So thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Hey, Tara. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you. Um, I, I can't wait to hear your story. You have done something amazing, which is losing 12 pounds in two months. Is that true? Yeah, that's about right. Actually, probably most of the 12 pounds was in the first month, but yep, 12 pounds in two months. Wow. And um, so I know a lot of people would find that fantastic, but your story is like not, a, not an expected way to lose 12 pounds. So why don't you tell me what how, how this all got started and what your little journey looked like, a really quick journey, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And and my journey probably is a really long one if I look at all of the changes that I've made in my life over the 10 years. Um, right. But, you know, I, I had this realization a couple of weeks ago that one real key for me has been um, meal planning, which actually in honor of you, I've been calling my health style planning Yay. because it's not just meals. I actually also plan my exercise in that process as well. Oh, well. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So actually I'm I'm curious about let's let's go back for the 10 years because I I think that's going to be an important part of the backstory because one of the things that I you know I talk to a lot of people about getting healthy and a lot of people struggle for a long time but one of the biggest issues is that they're very impatient and they'll make a lot of little changes and they won't see the like massive result they're expecting but it still adds up and then one, one day they like find the one little last 
piece of the puzzle. So uh, I think it's very illuminating to hear every kind of different journey that there is. Yeah, well, I've actually been reflecting on that since we set this up a little bit. And, you know, if I go back 10 or 15 years and think about my quote unquote health style back then, I almost don't recognize myself. I remember a story of going grocery shopping with a roommate and we were loading up the cart together and we kind of went through the frozen section and I got some frozen veggies and meat and, (laughs) and, you know, some pastas and different things like that. And then I said, okay, I'm all set. And she just looked at me like I was an alien and said, what about fruits and vegetables? <laughs> and I kind of looked at her like, well, I got some frozen ones. I'm all set. <laughs> and that was, you know, kind of the way I ate back then. And I was younger then and didn't really need to exercise as much, but I was, you know, active doing some different things. But gosh, I think it was probably about 10 years ago or so. Um, Tim Ferriss could correct me, but whenever his book, The 4-Hour Body came out, um, I actually started experimenting with his slow carb diet mm. and and really kind of reducing carbs without completely eliminating them and, and getting more into beans and lentils. And I started really experimenting with those. I'm pretty sure that was like and, 2010. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I definitely had a long stretch in college where I only cooked frozen chicken breasts and frozen vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I was the queen of pastas and stir fries. So the stir fries weren't that bad, but um, yeah. So at least I was cooking. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> so you started adding beans and other like slowly digesting carbohydrates and getting rid of the pasta. Right, exactly. And and the breads and, you know, the things that I would crave, I, was, I would always say, you know, any combination of butter, flour and sugar, like I was going to really enjoy. <laughs> so that that was kind of my go-to um, snack or craving or that sort of thing. So trying to reduce that and focus more on the, the slower digesting carbs really helped me a lot, really evened out my energy. I lost a lot of weight um, and just started thinking about food in a very different way at that time. Cool. And, you know, I have to point out uh, one thing I do really appreciate about the slow carb approach and Tim's approach is that carbs aren't off limits, you know, that there are carbs. Because for me, that is a huge difference. Like when I have tried to do super low carb in the past or ketogenic diet in the past, it does not work for me. It's supposed to make you not hungry. I am ravenously hungry and I eat, I end up eating like massive amounts of meat. And I, you know, it's weird. I bulk up like a, like a bodybuilder or something. And cause yeah. I work out a lot and, and, but, but I'm still overeating. So that it's not like there's no fat on my body. Like there's still fat on my body and big muscles on my body. And it's just not a good look for a very small framed woman. <laughs> so, um, right, right. so, well, yeah. So, but when I, I noticed that when I eat beans, when I eat, you know, and I eat, um, like grains too, and even things like potatoes, I, all my cravings just completely go away and I can eat like normal amounts of food. And it's hard for a dieter to like believe that, (laughs) that that's possible, but it is, it is totally possible when you eat slowly digesting carbohydrates and not no carbohydrates. Yeah. And that was the big aha for me there is that it really, evened out my energy and I didn't feel like I was depriving myself, which often people when they're dieting do. So it was something that it really did become more of a lifestyle than than a diet. Um, and then also, 
you know, his idea of cheat days uh, also were quite fun. But, <laughs> you know, o- over the long haul, just as you say in your book, you know, any diet isn't kind of sustainable. So I got away from it over time. Um, and I was also a caregiver, caregiver for my mother, um, who was sick for 10 years and ultimately died. And so, you know, I would go up and down with kind of focusing on my health versus hers, frankly. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's uh, such a big burden, to yeah. bear, especially for that long. Yeah. Yeah. And again, looking at the the long history, I've, I'm actually heavier than I was two years ago when she died. I think I had sort of 10 years of pent up emotional eating that I kind of did after she died. And it's sort of like, hmm, you know, I don't have I worked very hard for 10 years. I don't have to work hard anymore. Um, but mm. I actually probably over the course of two years gained like 35 pounds. So but but the really good news is, you know, it's it's it was as heavy as I had ever been in my adult life. But when I looked at, you know, what I was eating and even blood test results, I was still much healthier. Interesting. Even at, even at the heavier weight, you know, cholesterol never, my cholesterol never got really bad. Um, my blood sugar had been, you know, kind of out of whack. And even at the heavier weight, it was much better. Hmm. So I feel like awesome. I'm starting from a better place, even though I've got the extra weight that I want to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel healthier overall. And, and that now really I, matters. Yeah. That really matters. I mean, it actually makes it so that the weight loss journey is easier because it means you're nourished. You know, it means you have more energy. It means you're capable of doing the, all that, whatever it is you still need to do. You have the the resources to do it. Whereas when you're not feeling as healthy, that's, that's, it's a lot harder to muster up, you know, that, that willpower or that, that energy to do those things. Absolutely. And I think I had felt so bad for so long of my life not eating well. I mean, I was hypoglycemic as a child. You know, I would just crash um, and get headaches all the time. And I, you know, was taking daily naps after school through high school. Wow. Just because because I was crashing so hard. Wow. Teenagers are like so energetic. Crazy. Right. Right. But that was my my normal thing. I would come home from school, I would have a snack, and then I would take a nap. Um, but now I don't feel that is that need as much. And and now when I do, you know, eat some chocolate in the afternoon or something, it's a change. I notice it as a negative change as opposed to that that's just the way life is. That's a great point. Ah, gosh, I'm so glad you said yeah. that. So yeah. it's one of those things that people don't understand. So I, I I talk to a lot of people and when I'm trying to explain, they're like, well, what the heck is a reward for eating vegetables? And I'm like, first of all, get good vegetables. <laughs> Second of all, energy is a huge mm-hmm. one. And But if you've never experienced it before, it's hard to believe that. Yeah. It, it's really helped me over these 10 years become more attuned to my body. I mean, I actually just figured out this, you know, this year in these three months that I've, I've been, um, you know, kind of refocusing again, that red wine gives me headaches, not when I drink it, at at the moment, but I wake up with a headache. Whereas Mm. white wine, that doesn't happen. You know, gin and tonic, that doesn't happen. Um, So now I've got similar, actually, that's interesting. Yeah, cabinets full of red wine I need to deal with now. But, you know, now I don't have the desire to drink red wine, because I know what that's going to do to me. Hmm. You know, what works for me is uh, French Burgundy. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Like, for some reason, I don't have the same reaction. Uh, for to a good French Burgundy, so that's what I stick with now. 
I'll go through my cabinets and see if I have any, and I'll, I'll I'm, try that experiment. I guess, like I said, I like experiments, so I will, I will test that and see what happens. Cool. So you've like, you're like, you're learning uh, what makes Absolutely. you feel good, and you're using that as motivation to make change. And that's yes, and I that's one of the things I really appreciated about your book is kind of taking that longer perspective and not having the dieting menta- mentality of I'm either doing it or I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm either trying to be perfect or screw it, I'm going to eat whatever I want. It's more let me experiment, let me see how this is affecting me and if I want to have a little piece of chocolate, I can have a little piece of chocolate and not then say, "Oh, you know, it's done for the day. Now I can have eight pieces of chocolate. And when I get home, also make uh, shortbread cookies <laughs> and eat those as well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's crazy how that happens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And like, like, yeah, like if I eat something now, like I used to feel guilty about everything. I used to feel guilty about eating trail mix because I would overeat it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, now the only reason I ever feel bad about food is if I overeat and feel bad because my stomach hurts or I'm foggy or whatever. It's like, it's never about guilt anymore because I know I almost never do that. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet, but I'm definitely (laughs) headed in the right direction. I have experimented. uh, I joined your mindful meal challenge when you launched it. Oh, fantastic. Um, I think it started on January 9th, which was my birthday. So I said, you know, I should, that's a sign. I should try it, try it. And it was a good experiment. I haven't necessarily stuck with it, but I've at least slowed down. Mm-hmm. And I at least now make a practice of putting my fork down between bites, <laughs> you know, so that's helping. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's the sort of the, the point. <laughs> like, that, like, I yeah. just, like, if you do it for five days, like usually you take home, you take away something. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So yeah, when I look back, I don't even recognize myself now. I mean, now I I make my own uh, cashew and almond milk and cashew butter and um, you know all, all kinds of things that my myself that didn't even bother to go to the produce section mm-hmm. wouldn't even know what to do with. How long ago was it that you read Foodist and found Summer Tomato? Gosh, I, you know, I'm not sure. It would have been. After I read Tim Ferriss's book, because I, you know, I, I got to know him and got exposed to your husband. And I think it was through that that I learned about you and Summer Tomato. Um, and then I think when your book came out, I, I ordered it right away. Okay. Because I think I already knew about you at that point. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So that was, yeah, I think my book came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. So cool. Seems longer ago than that, but. <laughs> A lot's happened. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you've been you've been making these like little tweaks to your health style for four years now. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been making tweaks longer than that. Right, right, but right. your book gave me a different way to think about it, and okay. I think I probably it wasn't until this year that I've adopted more of the. I'm not trying to diet or be perfect or or not. It's it's all part of the journey. It's all little changes. Some of them are better than others. And one of the other things that's happened this year too, I um, one of my practices is I don't set um, New Year's resolutions. I create a theme for the year. I love that. And this year my theme is year of service, which partly is about volunteering, but partly it's also asking myself when I'm going to make a choice to eat something or or not or exercise or not, it's asking myself, how is this of service to me? Because I was finding that I was making those choices to 
you know, make shortbread cookies or, you know, eat something that I know would make me feel bad later, but I was still doing it in the moment. So, was, so I have been starting to ask myself, how is this of service to me, either in the moment or long term? Hmm. You know, am I emotionally eating and or how is this going to make me feel later? Interesting. And that sounds like a, like a really powerful reframe. And I'm curious what sort of answers you have been giving yourself? Like, what, what did you learn? Well, I've, I think mostly I've been focusing on, I know this is going to make me feel bad tomorrow or later. Um, and then that helps me not make the choice. Um, sometimes in the moment, I know it's just because I'm tired and I know it'll make me feel better in the moment. And I have even noticed that if I have, for example, a headache at the end of the day, for the period of time that I'm eating, my headache goes away. As soon as I stop putting food in my mouth, my headache comes back. Oh, so it's almost like an attentional uh, sleight of hand. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's been fascinating. And that's part of what, um, you know, what I contacted you about, which is my meal planning has helped me with because in that moment, if I'm tired or stressed, I know you've talked about the concept of ego depletion. I, I don't make the best choices necessarily, but if I've already made the choice and I just need to execute on the choice, then that helps me. That goes a long way. Oh, such an important point. This is, we need to stop. Everybody stop. (laughs) So basically what you're saying is when you are stressed or tired or all the things that life makes you by the end of the day, like the hard part, like the reason we all fail in those moments is because you're trying to make a decision when you don't have the mental resources to make a decision. And so that's really the hard part. If, on the other hand, like you said, if you make that decision before you get there, you don't, like, there's no struggle. Right. And that is game changing because then you're not like, basically, because the problem is (laughs) in those moments, you try to like think your way through the problem. You're like, well, should I do this? Should I not do this? And your mind, your emotional brain's already made up its mind. It's like, I'm having cookies. (laughs) Like, like, whatever reason you have to come up with, you go ahead and do that. I'll be waiting here at the end of the the end of the day with cookies (laughs) and pizza. And like, that's just, you just rationalize what you want. Whereas if you've decided when you were like, fresh and sober that you, when you get tired, the best thing for you to do is just go ahead and make your healthy meal and get through that and refuel your brain and get to that moment when you're like, oh, I actually didn't need that. And I feel great today. And I'm not going to feel horrible tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even, even your conscious fighting it out with your subconscious. Sometimes the subconscious takes over so much. You, you make the choice and you don't even realize you made it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to our work cafeteria and I am so lucky. We have a wonderful cafeteria with really good choices. And I will head out of my office thinking, okay, I'm going to get some chili and a salad, you know, some protein, some beans, vegetables. And somehow I'm walking back with a hamburger and fries and I don't <laughs> even know what happened. <laughs> Like it, it, it wasn't even a choice in the moment where I got there and said, you know what? No, I'm not. I don't even think that. It's just I get the hamburger and I don't know what happened. Amazing. Amazing. That's a great point. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. And that's the way it works. I mean, that's the way our subconscious just operates. It's like very needy. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, and it just, and it, I mean, that's in the, in the, 
it wasn't me who came up with the elephant and the writer analogy. It was um, Jonathan Haidt, who's mm. one of my um, favorite authors. But, you know, the elephant is your subconscious emotional brain and your rational brain is a little tiny writer sitting on top of him trying to control it. And like, if the elephant's in a good mood, sure, no problem. But it, you have no power right. as, the, as the one in control if that elephant is running amok. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> He's, that's a strong, it's a strong beast. You don't really have a fighting chance unless you've done something about it beforehand. Yeah, totally. So your next step. Yeah. So you know what i what i contacted you to talk about was kind of my my meal planning um which i i have refined over time and i've found that it's a a real key to kind of keeping me on track um but i thought i kind of have some i think unique aspects to it that when i hear other people talk about meal planning and kind of planning their grocery list that i feel have been the little things that have made it the key to success for me hmm. um and one of those things is really looking at my calendar for the week because it can be very, very varied. Mm -hmm. I have um, an international team and sometimes I'm on the phone uh, early in the morning or late at night. Um, often I have work um, dinners or lunches where I can't necessarily plan or choose what I'm going to eat. It's kind of going to be there. And my only choice is, you know, how much of it am I going to eat? Mm -hmm. So, and also because of those, uh, meeting schedules, sometimes I have time to work out or I don't. So I try to map out what I'm going to have time and energy for. So, because I really like to cook, mm -hmm. but some, many nights I don't have the time or energy to cook. And I, um, I really but, appreciate that you, include your energy levels because a lot of people don't do that and then mm -hmm. they forget that or like they don't really account for the fact that they're going to be exhausted and if they're planning like some big meal you know new moms have this problem yeah <laughs> you know they're like yeah i'm gonna make this big awesome meal and then it's like no you're not because exactly you, you it's, that's impossible you're not going to have the energy and you need to account for that otherwise you're you're setting yourself up for failure Exactly. Yeah. So I go through my schedule and obviously schedules change sometimes. So one of my other kind of habits is to have uh, some frozen, maybe hearty soups or, mm. you know, plan meats. yeah, plan B kind of meals that I can can whip out and, and have. But, but first are still go, healthy and you still feel good about them. Exactly. And then I also have a lot less food waste mm. uh, as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm I find I'm spending less on food and eating more healthfully. Wow. Yeah. So take me through how it works. So what I typically do is I, I do it, uh, Saturday is kind of my health planning day. So, you know, this isn't my meal planning, but the first thing I do is I actually do my measurements. I measure my body. Oh. And I say, you know, how did the week go? So that's one of my first habits. But then I, I actually have a, an Excel spreadsheet that has the days of the week and I have uh, rows. I have exercise, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then next day prep, which usually includes something like take a piece of chicken out of the freezer so that by the time I get home the next night, it's thawed, and that's one less step I have to do right, in right. meal cooking. And that's so easy. Right. But, but you have but to think about it and do it. Right. It has to be on the list because I'm not thinking about dinner tomorrow, tonight. Right. right. So if it's there, then I can just do it and move on with my life. I love it. Yeah. So the first thing I do is I map out when do I know I'm going to be kind of not in control of my my 
food choices or not cooking for myself? You know, is it I've got a work dinner or date night with my sweetheart or, you know, I know there's a meeting over lunch or something like that. So I map those out first and get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then I start looking at when am I going to have time to theoretically exercise? Mm -hmm. You know, I try to do a bit of yoga in the morning and, um, you know, do some more cardio kind of exercise in the afternoon or evening. But I know some days I'm just not going to be able to because I have something going on in the evening. So right. I'll, you know, say yoga, AM only, or, you know what, forget it. This is a day off. And again, <laughs> you know? yeah, and as I say, and again, you have, what you're doing is you're making those decisions beforehand so you don't have to feel bad about it. Like right. You don't have to, you know, oh man, I... I should, you know, it's one of those days I blew it. It's like, no, you know, in advance, like when you're not going to have time to do it. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel guilty about it. It's like, nope, this, I knew it wasn't happening today. That's fine. Um, or if I have it on the schedule, then I feel more compelled to do it. Um, then I usually think about my breakfast because I tend to do either uh, an egg scramble with, you know, some veggies and even pecans or pine nuts or something like that, Yum. or a smoothie if I don't have time. So I map out, you know, which one is going to be? Is it going to be a scramble or is it going to be a smoothie? And I'm curious, do you have like, when you look at, when you're looking at your schedule, are you like, I, I definitely need at least three scrambles. Like I'm not having smoothies every day. Like how does that, do you, like, do you make negotiations like that while you're planning it out? I try to a little bit. I probably do that more with lunch and try to make sure I'm getting in some variety there. But, you know, a lot of times it, it looks like, you know, my my egg scrambles on the weekend and smoothies mm -hmm. most days of the week. Mm -hmm. um, because when I have a, a meeting that starts at 7 a.m. that I'm hosting and I have to look good enough to be on webcam, you know, I'm going right. to probably sacrifice cooking myself <laughs> and just go for and makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, what do you put in your smoothies? Oh, gosh, so many different things. So um, I do usually do some frozen berries, uh, spinach or kale. Um, I use a kind of a paleo inspired protein powder um, because I'm lactose intolerant. And I find some of the like the whey and the different ones not not so great for me. Which which one do you use? I actually use the one that um, comes from JJ Virgin. Okay. And then I throw in uh, gosh, I'm going to forget. Hemp seeds, cacao nibs. Um, oh, gosh, what are those little things? I can't remember all the little superfoods. Turmeric. <laughs> Chia chias and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it's chia seeds. That's what I put in there. <laughs> so I, I blend that all up and it, you know, turns into an ugly color. And But then my team members around the world get to see me drinking it on, on webcam. And they always say, what did you put in it today? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So then, you know, I kind of go through and, and plan out Lunches are generally easy. It's, you know, whether or not I'm going to take something, maybe one of my hearty soups that I can heat up or one of my favorites I make, I'll cook in advance. Uh, I call it my turkey taco salad mm. mix. You know, it's turkey and pinto beans and black beans and spices. And then I freeze that in portion sizes so I can just take the portion with me and then go grab some lettuce from the cafeteria, heat up the turkey taco salad, put that on top. And if I'm feeling really fancy, I slice up an avocado on it. Yeah. And it's sounds an great. awesome lunch. It sounds really but good. I, yeah, it's great. But if I know if I'm not, you know, going to have time to do all that, then I know I'll just hit the cafeteria and I can get some either a good salad. They have really good salads they make or, you know, a soup and a salad and, and feel pretty good about that. And then the dinners I usually plan again, if I you know, I might be able to cook two nights a week. And then I'll usually cook one meal 
uh, whether it's in slow cooker or something like that, that I can do for leftovers to just heat up and make with a salad on the nights that mm. I know I'm not going to have time to cook. Brilliant. I love it. But but usually one meal that, you know, a recipe that serves four is enough for to kind of get me through the week, whether I eat those for lunches or dinners with also working and cooking. Right. Is there a day you usually have time to cook or is it just all over the place? It's all over the place. Yeah. My schedule just, it it's really varied. And then there's usually one night that I plan to do something that that falls apart. And that's when it's good to have the plan, plan B meals around. Right. The, the stuff in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. So you do the planning on Saturday. Yes. When do you do your grocery shopping? I do the grocery shopping then on Sunday morning because I really don't like grocery shopping. So I try to get there right when it opens <laughs> so that it's like me and the five people that work there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice, pleasant experience then. And then I come home and I'll usually do some prep cooking then on Sunday, whether it's making you know almond milk and some cashew butter or making hummus and then maybe that one meal that I'm going to then spread out through the week. Or I might make some of the some of the plan Bs, like I'll, you know, make a chicken and lentil soup that I then freeze in individual portions that I can pull out at any time. So you do all the cooking on Sunday or, yeah. or, or a lot of the prep. So yes. what, um, how much, how like, how much time does this all take you? You know, it, it really varies. Sometimes I've got enough kind of plan B or lunches in the freezer that I don't need to do any of that. And all I'm really doing is making myself dinner on Sunday night and then saving the leftovers for the rest of the week. And it's zero time. Right. And then other times it might take an hour or two. Um, and that's when I try to, you know, listen to podcasts like yours. And that's, you know, to kind of keep me inspired and keep me going. Um, but it's just a nice, pleasant Sunday afternoon kind of thing to do. Lovely. Yeah. And I mean, you said you lost 12 pounds mostly in in two months, but mostly in one month? Yeah, I think I lost eight to 10 of those pounds in January. And then, you know, only, you know, two to four in February, basically. And then I, I've been holding steady since. Um, things, things have gotten pretty stressful lately. So I've been a little bit up and down. But definitely when I can kind of stick to this routine, then then things kind of head in the right direction. I mean, that's amazing. So I like that's that's I mean that's a lot of weight in in yeah. a fairly short period of time and you know I I imagine if you just keep this up it'll continue to go off probably slower just because yeah. that's what happens when you start doing eating this way because your your gut bacteria will change over the course of months and stuff but I'm curious like why do you think that was such a dramatic shift I mean was is this dramatically different than you were eating before you know, I think it was the combination of just the consistency with which I was doing it. And, you know, I, that's also when I was really focusing on the mindful eating mm-hmm. as well. Um, I noticed when I was doing the mindful eating, I was eating probably only a half to two thirds of what I would normally eat. Hmm. And frankly, because when I would cook, you know, I'm the kind of cook that tastes along the way. Mm -hmm. By the time I would sit down with a small plate, I'd look at it and think, I'm not even hungry anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But now I've got this lovely, you know, serving. I should at least have a few bites of it. Um, But it it took me a while to get used to kind of saying, okay, I'm not going to finish this. And either it is something I'm going to be willing to reheat later or, you know what, it's better to throw it away than eat it when I don't need it. Mm -hmm. Crazy. 
So, wow. So you are cooking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm super curious because I, I feel like, so you were cooking before and you had like something of a health style before. Yes. And, but like, what was like, what would you do when you would find yourself like not having time to cook or whatever? What, what was your like default in those cases back, back in the day of 2016? Yeah. A lot of times <laughs> it was ordering delivery food, whether ah. it was pizza or Thai or <laughs> Chinese food or, or, you know, any number of things. So that's it. That's a major yeah. difference. Major and you were doing difference. that how often before, like how many times a week on average, would you say? Probably. Well, I was probably doing that a couple and then also eating out one or two nights a week. So I'm still okay. eating out one or two nights a week. Okay. Um, like I said, whether it's something for work or date night with my sweetheart, but now, you know, it's it's less of the the ordering delivery. Yeah, that was one downside. I moved about a year and a half ago and I went from a location where there was almost no delivery options to now there are a ton of really great delivery <laughs> options. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a struggle, but <laughs> I've now moved past that. Okay. So just, just so anyone listening, just so you're we're clear here, like if you're ordering Thai food or something like that, that's going to be like a 800 to 1200 calorie meal, something like in like that range. I mean, it's like, it's easy to forget how much yeah. oil and sugar and like refined carbs. Yeah. Not to mention your body handles that kind of food completely differently. Like your, it'll just, your blood sugar will spike, like, you know, all these, I mean, they're not using good quality oil. I mean, if, like, Thai delivery is never going to be like, I mean, even if it's delicious, it's not necessarily going to be right. really super clean. So yeah. switching to just cooked at home will basically cut that cal- calories content in half. I mean, it'll 600 calories max. I mean, that's a pretty, like for a home cooked meal, that's a pretty solid one. Um, and you'll be more satisfied. You'll eat less, like all that. And, you know, it'll positively impact your nutrition. So you'll have more energy and your, and like I said, your gut bacteria and stuff will start to change and you'll, your metabolism will become even more efficient over time. So yeah, that's, that's the reason. Like that sounds like it. Cause I mean, if you're cutting, if you were doing that a couple times a week, you're probably saving almost an entire day's worth of food every week in yeah. calories. Yeah. I think the other probably change that I was making in conjunction with that, again, just kind of learning is I think I would also often eat my healthy meal and I would have a lovely glass of wine with it, you know, because for me, drinking isn't necessarily a social thing because it often will put me to sleep. It's more <laughs> of a, I'm having a lovely relaxing meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would notice that then later in the evening when I would want to go back to an old habit of having a snack and making some cookies or you know whatever combination of flour, sugar, and butter that I wanted to put together that day, I wouldn't have the um, – my judgment wouldn't be as good. Mm. I would kind of go more to the, oh, screw it, I'm going to go ahead and, and do that. So that was probably another – Thing that changed as I was trying to not have alcohol with my dinners as much and maybe make that almost make a glass of wine or a cocktail, make that my after dinner snack treat. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really good point as well. So, so you would have, so you would wait on the alcohol and have it yep. after your meal instead of during your meal. Right. And not only does this probably save some calories. Oh, you're drink- generally drinking less, it sounds like. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit less, yeah. A little bit less, but but also just making way better decisions afterward. Right. Because yeah, that's a trigger too. <laughs> yeah, because I think I would find I would finish dinner and I'd maybe have a couple of hours before bedtime I might watch a little TV or read or do something else, but the habit at that point, you know, from childhood was to snack. Mm-hmm. So, if I can make you know, like I said a glass of wine or a cocktail, make that kind of my my snack, my mm-hmm. little treat, then then that cuts off the the 2 hours then that I have to not have another snack. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably I mean, and when you're talking about treats like shortbread cookies, I mean, that's probably another 2 to 400 calories there. Oh, probably more than that, given the amount that I would eat. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, I was. I was you make generous. a recipe. <laughs> you, live, you live alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that I mean, that'll that'll be that'll be ten to twelve pounds. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 really impressed. Good job. Thank you. Way to yeah. way to way to hack your way to success. That's awesome. Trying to and trying to continue to to keep that habit going even when work gets busier and travel kicks in. So, yeah, that's um, always a challenge. Yeah, you know what I find though is, I mean, at least for me at this point, like when you feel so good after like having a habit like that, like I'll you know I'll go on vacation and shit'll just go to hell. (laughs) But 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 then I'm like excited to come back to it because I feel gross. Yes, that's exactly where I am today, actually. You know, we're talking on a Saturday morning and the next thing I'm gonna do is is my meal planning. And I was I was traveling for work this week in Miami and you know, I've found what's helpful helpful for me is to avoid dairy because I'm lactose intolerant and when I don't, you know, I feel horrible. Avoid sugar because that you know, I get headaches right away and that throws my blood sugar off. And then I also not because I'm, you know, um, not because I have to, or I know that it's really bad for me, but I just kind of make the rule of, I'm going to try to be gluten-free because even though I'll have other grains sort of like you and maybe rice and potatoes, I'm not going to binge on those. But I could binge on pasta or bread and those sorts of things. So if I just say I'm going to not start that, then I I can stay in a better place. But It's a really good point. I've never binged on brown rice. Exactly. (laughs) Or quinoa. It's lovely. I enjoy it. But I'm not going to sit down and eat just a whole plate, you know, smothered in butter. Right. So I had a, you know, I went to to Miami this week for work and there was a lot of dairy. There was a lot of breads. And, um, you know, when I thought there was going to be, you know, eggs and protein at a breakfast, turned out it was only pastries and fruit. Um, oh, no. It's like the worst nightmare. I know. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And, and one of my coworkers felt really bad because she was the one that told me that the previous day, no, we had eggs and bacon and fruit. And I said, OK, great. I will not eat at the hotel. I will come into the office and give what's, you know, eat what's provided. And Boo. then it kind of fell apart on me. Oof. Which then, you know, kind of sets me up for the rest of the day that now I've got a headache now that I'm tired. So it's harder to make good choices. So I am very excited to get back on track and I'll be home this week. So I'll plan out my meals accordingly. That's fantastic. Wow. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, do you have any, anything else you think uh, you should add for people who are inspired by your story? You know, I think the only other thing that I would add that's been really good for me is kind of the the tracking of habits and outcomes, whether it's 
I've had to do some symptom tracking for some different health issues, um, but I've thrown in some of the things that relate to how I eat, like headaches and mm-hmm. and how tired I am. Um, so I track, you know, my body measurements on a weekly basis. I try to track kind of some symptoms that I know happen when I eat healthfully or not. And then I use the Way of Life app to track my habits. Mm, me too. And I'm I'm one of those people that I will maintain a good habit if I see the positive outcome. Right. So, you know, I used to try to take, you know, supplements and vitamins and I could never stick to the habit. But then there was one that probiotics that I saw really made a difference in how I was feeling and my digestion. And suddenly I was motivated to take that. So then I would just take all my other supplements as well. Mm-hmm. So having the, the tracking and seeing how when I'm eating more healthfully and when I'm exercising, how I feel better, that helps keep me motivated. That's a really good point. Uh, especially like people who are busy and, and also people who don't have a lot of experience. I mean, like as a chronic dieter, like I have like this built in tracking of like my, what I eat and like how I feel. And like, it's sort of, I, I just, I had taken decades of journals of food journals. So I already like have it pretty ingrained, but I I work with a lot of people and sometimes they just have no idea how they eat, how they feel, or they don't think that there's a big tie between what they eat and how they feel just because they haven't been paying attention. Right. And it's hard to pay attention because sometimes it's three hours later that you get the headache and you didn't necessarily look at everything you were eating and you don't realize that Actually, that like it was because you had a sandwich and every time you have a sandwich, you get a headache. But if you're not paying attention, it's hard to necessarily make that connection. Right. And there are a lot of variables, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why, you know, I was saying earlier how I discovered that red wine gives me a headache the next morning. Because, frankly, in the winter, I was having a glass of red wine almost every day. And so I was waking up every day with a headache. So it wasn't until one day I happened to have a cocktail instead of red wine and I didn't wake up with a headache. I thought, wait a minute, something's different here. What's hmm. different? And it's and interesting started, it's not the alcohol. Right. Yeah. So then I experimented. I said, well, my experiment is to have a gin and tonic every day this week. <laughs> it's a great experiment. Right? <laughs> Best possible experiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, this is so fun, you guys. Why doesn't everybody live like this? Gin and tonic every day. <laughs> that's, I, and that's healthy for me. Yeah, it's an improvement. Step up. That's awesome. Uh, I, I have it after dinner. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you what uh, probiotic you use that you found so beneficial. I'm always curious. Well, I actually have just switched. And shoot, I'm going to um, – I was taking – a hyperbiotics one that I think had 15 in the name. And I I really chose that one only because it it was one that didn't have to be refrigerated. But I just switched to a different one and I'm not going to remember the name of it. Hmm. All right. But you had success with that other one. Yeah. It was that and and also taking um, psyllium husk caps. So Mm -hmm. for fiber. Um, Again, being lactose intolerant, I would have a lot of issues with my digestion. So having that combination would, even if I would have the occasional dairy treat, um, would make it so that that wasn't such a bad thing in yeah, my it life. it helps a lot. It helps a lot to have the the balance there. It makes, I'm the same way. Like if I'm, if I'm taking good care of my gut, my tolerance for dairy, I mean, it's still not going to be amazing, but it's right. there. Like I don't have to ask for no cream and everything on, that a restaurant brings me. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I still have to take lactate if I'm going to have it, but um, I could have it, you know, maybe twice a week mm-hmm. and, and be okay. Whereas before it would be a complete disaster. Amazing. So you spend, oh, and I was going to ask you, how much, how long, do, how much time do you spend on Saturday with your spreadsheet? Oh, it's probably only about 10 minutes, really. It's pretty quick. Amazing. You know, I, I even have it, you know, I have last week's. So, you know, I, a lot of times it's just editing what I had. Um, and then I actually print it out and I put it on my refrigerator hmm. too. Hmm. So it's always there. Yep. So you're not going to forget about it. <laughs> yeah. So when I finish dinner, I can look, okay, what, what did I have for next day prep? And it might be, like I said, get out, you know, a frozen piece of chicken out mm-hmm. of the refrigerator for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For me, it's often soaking beans. Mm. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. I love just how I love how methodical you are about it and how systematic and so you know exactly what's working for you. I mean, that's so powerful. Yeah, that's definitely a mindset that I got kind of from Tim Ferriss and from you in terms of, you know, measure, see what see what works for you, you know, and adjust that over time. Yeah. And here you are. Yep. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Yeah, and keep me posted. I'm 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 really curious to see where you are a year from now. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be uh, stoked. This all sounds like something that's going to last. Yeah, I think so. Especially with my theme this year of year of service. You know, how is this serving me? So love it. Just asking myself that. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Tara. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.